The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of our podcast, live stream devotional, and timing God's word. And we're so grateful you're with us today and giving us the opportunity to, to teach and to encourage and to walk through the word of God together. Uh, we are in the book of Colossians. Uh, we're just starting chapter four, uh, which means we're just not too many episodes away from finishing up the book of Colossians. Uh, I do enjoy going through these. I will say, you know, I'm used to preaching just once a week on one book of Acts. We have been in the book of Acts now for over two, almost two years now, over two years maybe. So I look at that and I kind of think, man, it seems like that's a long to take. And yet we go through a lot of these books in a month, but that's because we're doing it five times a week. Uh, but I hope this is an encouragement to you. We're in uh, Colossians chapter four. It's intriguing as you look at this first verse. We've mentioned often, as we try to give some tidbits in the aspect of interpretation and things of that nature, that we've mentioned more than, more than once, that the um, verse and chapter divisions in the book of Colossians are not necessarily inspired. Well, they're not inspired, but uh, we can look at, remember this is one big letter. And, and verse one of chapter four kind of gives us that. Um, we went through in the previous verses, he talked about husbands and wives and parents and children, and they talked about servants. Well, then he says in verse one of chapter four, masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye have a master in heaven. And that's really the context. Context really stays before in the, in the previous chapter as we would see it. And it simply does. It talks about the need of those of us who, those in our world who may have people underneath us. Um, we are to take care of them. I'm obviously the thing we talk about is we're not to abuse them. We're not to uh, use them inappropriately. We're to be gracious and kind to them and take care of them the best we can. Now, I understand every field offers a different aspect. There are some fields that are hard work but don't necessarily, in their own field, offer larger amounts of money. We, you know, if you're going to be in public education, while you might be paid okay, you'll never become filthy rich off of it, if you know what I mean, with the amount of work and especially with the amount of uh, stress that comes with that job today. Um, it's just, you, know, you understand the point. If you wanted to go work in the tech field and maybe invent a car, you probably would get rich off it. So some fields don't offer X amount. You can't go work for McDonald's and expect to get paid $500,000 a year. So you have to understand there's a balance there. But the point is this, that as those of us who have opportunity for anybody that might be underneath our care, that it's our responsibility to take care of them, to appreciate them, and, um, and this isn't even a political thing. This is just what God has asked us to do in verse 1. So then he continues and really does change context now to verse 2, chapter 4, verse 2. He tells the church, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am, for which I am also in bonds, that, I might, that it may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So he starts off, there's really two thoughts there, but he really starts off with the idea of continuing in prayer and the importance of us as a church uh, to be in prayer. I like what uh, Tony Evans, I was reading him this morning and he made an interesting point. He said, prayer is an absolute necessity in any Christian's life. Pray, uh, being in the Christian battle without necessarily being in prayer. It's kind of like you're from Ephesians 6. You have all of the armor necessary to go to war. So today you'd have all of the, the armor and the highest technology necessary to be effective in battle, but you get to the front line and you have absolutely no communication. 
you've decided to leave all the communication behind, you're by yourself, uh, you are not going to last very long because you don't know what the rest of the group is doing. You don't know what the orders are. You don't know where the enemy might be. And inevitably, you are going to find yourself being destroyed by the enemy. And that's a great illustration when it comes to the aspect of prayer. We can know everything we use to know about Scripture. We won't, but you understand the point. We can have knowledge of Scripture. We can have knowledge of, if you want to use the term church polity and what it means and have grown up around this. We can have a lot of knowledge about Christianity, the Christian life, and things of that nature. But in reality, if we, if we don't have that connection of God through prayer, uh, we are not going to have the connection and the information necessary and how to implement the knowledge we've been given. And please remember, the Bible tells us that knowledge only makes us arrogant. It puffs up. It makes us arrogant. It adds to us, making us think we're better than we are simply because we have knowledge of something. Knowledge many times limits us from gaining more. When we get it, it stops us from really learning from the knowledge. Prayer is a constant reminder, constant going back to God and acknowledging that I can't do this alone, I need to go to God. And please understand there's different aspects to prayer. Uh, there's intercessory prayer where I'm praying for others. There's prayer uh, for request uh, where I am praying and asking God uh, to do work in my life. There's a prayer of yielding where I'm asking God to help me to yield to his current plan for my life. There's, there's prayer of repentance. You know, there's a lot of different things we can look at in that aspect. But here is the key. I think the key is that we need to make sure that prayer is not just a religious thing. So I pray before dinner and I pray a minute before I get up, before I go to bed, and I make prayer a religious tradition. I, I have certain things I say and I repeat those same things. And, and uh, while sometimes that's not necessarily wrong to have a structure, I think we can move to the point where structure becomes the tradition. It becomes the, the practice of prayer. And we've got to be very careful that we understand that we need to go to prayer with an open and sincere heart. This morning I was reading, uh, beginning reading through the book of 1 Samuel. And the book of 1 Samuel deals with Hannah. Hannah uh, was unable to have children. She was barren, and it was just for multiple reasons it was breaking her heart. So while she and her husband were up worshiping in Jerusalem, she went to the temple. And she begged God, and she begged God for a son. She even said, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Which, by the way, happened. That's where Samuel came from. He served in the temple, and then God blessed her with five other children. What I get from that, though, there was a time in the temple where Eli came and saw Hannah. She was speaking. And she was over with her mouth, but she was quiet. She was in her head speaking, but her body was reacting. And so he thought she was drunk and he completely missed this. But what we get from that is there was an absolute passion on Hannah's part. She was so overwhelmed and so broken that it drove her to a point of passion where she, she took prayer seriously and she was just going to stay and beg until God moved. May the things in our life drive us to that kind of prayer. Uh, the things we want to see happen the things that we need to see happen, may it drive us to a sincere prayer. And then maybe we see, at that point, see God do something. But then he continues in the aspect of prayer and he gives one more thought. He says, not only do I want you to be in prayer as a church, I, need, I want you to pray for us. And he's specifically speaking of the leadership of the church in this verse. He said, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Please remember at this point he's in jail. So he's, he's referencing us. He's referencing those in the leadership. He says that pray that God would open up the doors for us to be able to extend the gospel. So in today's culture, it's the same prayer that I would have for our church. 
not simply that God would pray that I would have opportunities to witness as much as that's a prayer that we, I, I hope would be true, that I would, God would open up the doors that I may be able to do it, but that his leadership would open the doors for us as a church to move in to evangelism for a church. How do we impact our community? And so we should be praying as a church that God would open the doors, that leadership would see it, and that we'd follow leadership into that. And then he says that, um, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak then I may recognize it. It may be something that I recognize as something I need to do. By the way, I believe this. I've learned this in my own life. This desire and willingness to be a witness won't come if there's not a prayer and a filling of the Spirit to help me recognize it and a passion to do it. You know, may we recognize this great need. And, and we'll get a little more detail. And then let me read the next couple of verses because it really goes along with this. In verse 5, he says this, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. What does it mean then with that without? The world, the unsaved. Walk in wisdom towards the world. Don't be, we want, we want to witness to them. We want to get the gospel to them. I don't think beating them over the head with a pan, telling them they're going to hell is the answer. At the same case, it's hoping that they'll see your smile and they'll want to come to Jesus. It's not the answer as well. There is a point where we need to find the best wisdom. And again, if you're in the middle of work and you stop working to witness to somebody and you're stealing from your boss, it's not walking in wisdom. So he's really saying, use wisdom, recognize the need, recognize the opportunities, use wisdom. Don't waste your time. Don't steal from someone else's time. Use wisdom. But then when he is, when you are witnessing, when you are sharing your truth, with other people, when you're trying to develop a relationship with someone of the world for the purpose of witnessing to them, here's what he tells us to do in verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Use gracious speech. One, don't be all you know, ch- churchy, Christianese. Don't be using language that... It's weird to Christians and it's even weirder to the world. Use everyday language. Speak to them. Share with your heart. Share what God has done in your life. This is the steps we take, but use wisdom. To sit back and say, well, my job today is to prove them wrong. No, your job is not to prove someone wrong. If someone has grown up in a religious thinking and I spend my entire time telling them how wrong they are, why would they want to immediately move over to a different one? The Holy Spirit's got to open their eyes slowly, but it's, whether it's slowly, quickly, the Holy Spirit's got to do it. So my job is to use speech in a way that will help them to understand my care, my love for them, God's love for them, and that they would want to come back. They're not going to come back to someone who tells them how bad they are or how silly they are, how wrong they are. So use our speech with grace. So he really starts with the idea of the need of prayer that leads into service of God. And may that be exactly what we want, passionate in prayer, so that we might be effective in service. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning and giving me a chance to take just a few minutes and share the Word of God with you. I greatly appreciate any privilege to teach the Word of God. I hope this is a help, and I really hope it's a challenge to all of us today that these two things that we're not perfect at, but what we would strive to make those things part of our lives. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.